everyone, and this is another episode of Out of Character with Jupiter Sanders. And today we're going to talk about something which I'm surprised we haven't talked about before is role playing in role playing and tabletop games. And I have two people who I have Oz, who I've been in a podcast with. I have GM'd for him in a in a table game. I have been a player where he has GM'd for me in that game. And he is, I count him as one of my many mentors in RPGs and has actually been very instrumental in getting me to be a better role player. So welcome, Oz. Uh, that's terrifying and difficult to live <laughs> up to, but hello, everybody. And then I have Jeff, who is Jean-Baptiste, uh, or JB, in the Burning Edge podcast that I am in. And uh, I also have had Jeff in a game that I GM for him, a D&D game. And he is, the reason I invited you, Jeff, is because I have, I, I have never met a person who can just immediately jump in, both feet in, on a character. Like, you roll up the character, and you're just, you know who it is, and you just jump in 100%, you go for it. Well, thank you for telling me all that, Jupe, and thank you for having me on the podcast. So let's let's jump in then. I want to know, how do you guys define role-playing? Because I think each of us probably interpret that a little differently, especially at all the different tables and how we all play. So, Jeff, why don't you tell me, how do you, how do you define role-playing? For me, it's just acting in a way that someone in that position would. So it's not what I would do, but it would be what that particular set of characteristics and situation would. Okay. And us? Uh, fairly similar, to be honest. It's Role-playing is the stuff that we do in the game that doesn't involve the dice rolls, or in between the dice rolls and in between declaring actions. This is giving giving our characters the personality to further, I guess, kind of further define and dictate what their actions are going to be. Okay. I guess I, I, I'm a little different. In my definition, and I have yet to ever achieve this, in my definition of role-playing, it is you try to transform or become this character you've created. You are 100% all in. You are the embodiment. You are like an actor. You are, you know, you are De Niro in a Scorsese film, and this is your character. Give me motivation. Give me drama. Do it. And I, I don't think I ever achieved that, but <laughs> I try to get into it a hundred percent. And 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 to me, which which for you guys to both just say, oh, I'm just, you know, trying to embody this character. To me, you both do what I how I define role playing. That's what both of you do. You guys become these other people. Well, I think a lot has to do with just being able to do a voice for him helps me slip into it a little bit better. Like, especially with like the, the Scottish accent, that one especially gets me because I have two. I have this is the second dwarf character that I made in D&D. Both of them have the exact same personality. And it's just the generic Scottish brute guy. And you're referring to Meritor. Your, yes, your, Meritor. Your dwarf in, in the, the D&D pirate game. dwarf. The pirate dwarf, and let's give give us a taste of the Scottish accent. Lassie, Lassie. And and us, you also do voices quite a bit. 
Uh, and I totally shouldn't, but yeah, I do. I I did do an English accent, kind of, sort of, not really for the Call of Cthulhu campaign, because that is who I was playing, but I am told it's not very fantastic, but I tried <laughs> anyway. Your pirate accent, however, is Your amazing. pirate accent? Yes, well... When you're an alcoholic bird who is supposed to be the lookout and instead of the captain of a vessel, then you make do with what you have. And then for VTM, you are Art, who is Russian. So we hear a Russian accent on this one. Well, I, I guess you would call it that. I am not so certain that it is an effective Slavic accent. So do you guys find that your role playing is better or not better, but do you find it it's easier to get into that character because you're doing a different voice? Have you ever just done a character in your own voice? I, I, I've done one character in my own voice. It was the first time I ever did any tabletop. And I think I still RP decently, but that was because he's a big dumb troll. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that tracks with my own experience. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I think you do... You do put on some kind of voice. Because even your, in a D&D &D game I, I ran for you, your barbarian, Ichneel, still, he didn't have so much an accent, but he had a way of speaking. Right. A cadence. Yes. Um, and unfortunately, I can't remember his cadence at the I, very moment. Yeah, but, I can't remember it either. He was yeah. great, though. <laughs> I mean, we, we did have... In that game, we had a another half-orc who also had his own cadence, and so we started playing off of one another, which was a big help. Mm -hmm. But it did take the character from generic orc barbarian to... Uh, he had a very certain kind of simple philosophy about things. Because of that cadence, it sounded like he was taking great care uh, in choosing his words and making sure they were the right the first time. So what has been, in your entire gaming history, what character have you played at a tabletop game that was the easiest, the most fun, the your your all-time favorite? This is the one I could embody. This was the one that I felt most connected to. Do you guys have one? I don't. Really? You've played a lot of characters. I am and, surprised. And I love every single one of them. They are they are my children. I love them all equally. Because any one of them could kill me if I told them that somebody else was the favorite. Jeff, do you have a favorite? Probably it, it'd be my latest D&D &D character. Uh, just because he's he's goofy. He's a, what is it, a halfling? He's a halfling rogue who is obsessed with cooking. And he's part of the cooking guild. And he's he, he hates the chef's council. And it's all this goofy stuff. But he's just, he's so sincere about it. Uh, in earnest, that it, it's just so much fun to play. Hmm. Because he's so serious about things that normal people would not care that much about at all. And and see, to me, that sounds like an interesting, fun character, but I can see other people at a table who are, like, super serious into the game and, you know, want to do the things with the combat and the, the spells and, and take a different kind of viewpoint, not that fun entertaining campiness but they get their entertainment from the mechanics of it and the problem solving i, I could see them kind of going i don't want to take time out of the game to listen to you 
wax on about cooking. It has nothing to do with the game. Yeah, and, that, and that's true. Uh, luckily, the table that I'm at kind of spurred off, but uh, I think a good thing for every character to have and uh, is like a primary motivation kind of thing or mm-hmm. what they're going for and what kind of defines their personality. And as long as you don't overbear on other people and you let other people have their moment, I think that's perfectly fine to do as long as you're not taking away from their gameplay experience. Do you have any thoughts Oz, about that? I would say it's one of my greatest concerns because you know I like I'll I'll take Ichmiel to Nomad, my my orcish barbarian. His thing was he he liked to cook a lot, and so he was always on about cooking. He was always on about stories, and part of the reason that he got billed is because in D anD D fifth edition they have the the drivers and and all the all the little background things that you have to select because it might give you a an actual uh, mechanical bonus which is you know, another rp thing we'll get into later i think but one of the selections was he always had a piece of tribal wisdom that reflected on the situation and that turned into he tells stories and he told a lot of stories and it felt like there was a couple times in the group where looks were being exchanged. It's like, what is this guy? Why won't he shut up? Yeah. So we'll get we'll get into how uh, role playing can affect uh, the table. But let's ask this important question and see if we can find an answer. Because right now, I really, I I don't really have a, a real solid answer for it. Why is role play? important when we play a tabletop rpg game why go to the extent that some of us go to voices and everything why is it important to the game well i would i would say that it it is half of the rpg experience RPG means role playing game you are playing a role now everybody does it a little differently uh, Jeff and I, we both have our voices. We get into the character because that's what makes things interesting. But I think it's it's important because for the player, it gives a direction the character is going. For the GM, it gives a direction to take the party. And it adds a number of plot hooks that will extend a campaign and keep it fresh and keep it interesting. Jeff? So yeah, for me, it's uh, pretty much like that is the defining thing that makes me want to play tabletop RPGs. Because like I like video games, like I play World of Warcraft and, you know, Skyrim and all that other stuff. And it's a lot of fun. But even if you're playing a multiplayer RPG, it's pretty much strictly just numbers, who does the most damage, stuff like that, which is great. And tabletop RPGs still have that stuff. And that's fun. But the part that makes it great is that you can do an RP element and basically just kind of play act with everyone. And it's kind of improv crossed mm-hmm. with a, a RPG video game type of thing. And I've always loved improv. Like that's pretty much how I approach all tabletop RPing is just go in, have fun and see what comes out and see if you get a laugh and, out of it. And Jeff always likes to go for the laugh. Guys, I'm just telling you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
I, I can't. I can't. Serious. I mean, I can play off of serious. Like, I can reflect serious. Mm. I can't initiate serious. So, in my experience as a player of RPG, tabletop RPGs, I started decades ago. We won't get into that. And I, I didn't roleplay. It was just, all right, well, my character will do X. And, all right, roll this. Okay. And it was just basically stating what they did i didn't really like get into uh, uh into character i didn't really like role play it out it was just all right he picks this up he does this and it was a, it just like moving a piece on a board it wasn't until running into bamps and getting pulled into the podcast that it was oh no this is a podcast now this is actually something like i have to do more than just that otherwise it's not entertaining i have to be this person so that actually forced me to really start role playing. Before that, I didn't really do that at all. Like I just it I, it was it was a separate thing, and it was like a, moving a piece on a board and just saying, "Hey, this is what they do." And you're right, Jeff, that it is a lot of improv. But I think I, I think the reason it's important is the the role playing aspect helps with the storytelling aspect of the game, as well as the storytelling of the character you're playing. Oh, absolutely. It, it, it helps the GM in some ways because it, mm -hmm. it doesn't put the entire burden of storytelling on them to basically, oh, this is what you do, and then no, roll the dice to see what happens. You know, you're driving the story a bit. But is, is role-playing the only way to advance story? Or are you saying if, if we don't role-play... And we just treat it as moving pieces on a board. Is it just harder to move the story, or is the story just moved along in a different way? And Oz is a, a big storyteller. He he's written things, um, short stories, and things like that. Oz is a great storyteller, even as as a GM as well. As is it harder to move the story along if we're not role playing? For me, yes. I mean. Everybody GMs in a different way. Every player plays in a different way. I think we I just said that, and I, I love repeating myself, <laughs> uh, which is also why I'm a great storyteller. But if I'm let me let me restart. I have I have two rules at my table, or I guess technically it's three. If I can't challenge the players, I'll entertain the players. If I can't entertain the players, I'll tell it a good story. And if I can't do any of those things, I shouldn't be at the table. And the storytelling is is the chief part. It plays into those other two two parts. If your players aren't entertained, they aren't engaged. And if they aren't challenged, that's a little less important, but only a very small amount. So if I can't get them engaged through story, then I have to give them a mechanical challenge. And if I can't give them a mechanical challenge either, then, well the game has failed before it started. Any thoughts on that, Jeff? Well, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much why everyone's there to be engaged. Like, you can either be engaged through, you know, the mechanics and stuff, or you can be engaged through the RP elements. And, yeah, I have to agree with you. If you're not getting one of those two things out of that, like, if you're not, you know, getting RP and having fun, or you're not getting the game mechanics and you're challenged by that and having fun, then you're kind of just waiting around rolling dice like i don't i don't really know why you'd be doing it true true as a gm i am 
and I'm, I'm sure many people will, will hate this comment, but it's, it's me. I don't care. As a GM, if I am entertained by the players, I'm more, I, I want to, I'm their biggest fan. I want to see them succeed. And if they're entertaining me and they're, they're being these other characters and doing these great, fun, exciting moments are happening. As a GM, I'm, I'm going to make things easier for them. You know, they'll, they'll be challenged, but I'm, I'm going to make sure they, they always find a way to succeed as opposed to being at a table where nobody, like nobody's getting into character. Nobody's doing any, they're just stating as if they were just, you know, themselves at a table, moving a piece on a board. I do this, I do this. And or, my character does this roll die and that's it. And then at that point as a GM, I'm like, this isn't entertaining at all. Like, I don't even, I don't want to be here. So. Oh, and I completely get that. Cause like, then that's the whole thing of you need a table that fits your play style kind of. And like, you have to go into different tables thinking, okay, this is what it's going to be. Cause I've been at heavy RP tables. I've been at heavy, like num- by the numbers tables. Both of them are super fun. You just have to approach it with the right mindset. And it's got to be at the GM's discretion of how the table goes because they're the ones putting in all the work. Like, I don't mean to bash players or anything, but you guys are some lazy mofos compared <laughs> to the GMs. <laughs> and, that's spe- and that's speaking strictly as someone that has only GM'd three games total. So <laughs> that was a giant pain in the butt to do those three. So I love GMs. <laughs> Uh, do you have any thoughts? Uh, you know, I am, as a GM, lazy as hell, so I don't know where players get off thinking I do all this work. I'm glad they think that. Don't get me wrong, but no, uh-uh. <laughs> I'm barely doing anything. Uh, the most prep I've done is actually for this alien campaign. Mm-hmm. And the uh, the alien game we're playing right now, like, I... I think I spent like two days doing table prep because it's setting the scene. Otherwise I rely entirely on improv and theater of the mind. And that's also where the role play thing comes in. Because if you don't have like maps of the table, you don't have your miniatures, you don't have any of that, then, you know, all, all you've got is theater of the mind. And if I can't paint a picture with those words, then uh, I'm, going to have to work on actually finding maps and creating characters that you know players probably won't care about and that's that's the worst part is doing all this prep and it's like okay well i've got uh chad thundermember he is a peerless warrior he's a paladin of the order of helm and he's got all these story hooks and the players walk into the bar and there's like oh where well, there's there's tom the kobold oh, this dude's awesome, I want to adopt him, and they're going to pack bond with the weirdest fucking things, like a chicken. Yes, yes, like a chicken. (laughs) So, but as a GM, do you reward players who roleplay in a way that entertains you? Absolutely. It's my favorite way to award people, and even in the alien game and this is you know a spoiler alert for for the one player in here who's part of it the role play and the steps that you took 
did advance the story considerably over what they were supposed to do because there was good RP there. It's like, yeah, conceivably this person would know this thing or that person didn't know this thing, but they do now because it is a reward and it also smooths the story along. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing from a dice roll perspective. If you are role playing with me and instead of just throwing a die that has a chance of failure and in Shadowrun, it's, you know, like 15% chance of failing or critical failure, I should say. Mm -hmm. If you tell me a story, if you sell it to me, I don't even need to make the role because what you're doing makes sense. Now, if you're trying to tell a story that is completely opposite of what you're you're trying to get out of it, it'd be like, no, nah, no, nah, you, you need to make a role because they're going to react badly to that. Or, you know, in the in the D&D game, we we talked a great game about playing on uh, a pirate captain's superstitions mm -hmm. and we got straight rewarded for it. We took the ship without a fight because the captain's freaking the fuck out because we hit his phobias about stuff on the high seas, which my pirate captain is absolutely in 100 percent agreement with. And he probably would have yelled at his crew had he been there when that happened. So so I'm hearing that role playing is important. This is why we do it at the table. It's because it helps advance the story and it's a way to help it's a, it's it's often rewarded by by a GM. And I think that's true amongst a lot of GMs. I think if you entertain them, because I've heard many GMs tell me, "Oh, these they, they came at the situation from a totally unexpected way. It was so creative and and they talk their way out of it as opposed to fought their way out of it. And it was great. And so I, I let it work. And I, I think good role play helps. It makes, if it entertains the GM, they want to see it succeed. So I think that's why it's also important because your GM is the one controlling the world. And if, if you make it, if you make it entertaining or at least engaging and interesting for them, because, I mean, what other reward does a GM get out of the game if not being entertained by the PCs? Yeah, I, I mean, I think most people actually agree with you because not only is it like a general theme on like Reddit forums or whatever, I mm -hmm. think it's also a theme with the people that design the games. Because even in like the GM manuals and the and, you know, the guidebooks for all the RPGs that I've ever read through, if they're doing good RP give them more experience, give them more rewards. You know, they're like, they really want you to push that angle because I think that's where most of the fun comes from for most for most people. Mm -hmm. So then uh, let's talk about, you know, like I said, I didn't really RP until I was basically forced to due to the, the podcast. And before I got into the Without a Net podcast, I was in a game. Oz was the GM and I was with two other people. Or no, I was the GM. No, we were in two games. You were GM of one. I was the GM of the other. And we were with two other people. And when I was GMing, they were great role players. When Oz was GMing, I was bookended by great role players. And I had to really elevate my role playing game because I, I just was not at the same level. Like, and that's why I say Oz is one of one of my many mentors that helped me learn how to how to be a better role player. I it, it was hard to to do. It felt awkward and it felt uncomfortable. And like, what if I said something wrong or did something wrong or they laugh at me or make fun of me or kick me out? So if I'm not a, like 
if I'm not a good role player and I acknowledge that in myself, what do you do to overcome that? What if I'm too shy or I feel awkward or ugh. do you guys have any tips? Because you are both fantastic role players. So I am a fantastic role player because I'm terribly anxious in reality. And since I'm playing a role, it means I can turn the anxiety off and just go whole ham. So we all had to start somewhere. And I remember my first few characters did almost no role play. But the GM, who she GM'd many, many games that I was in, uh, really encouraged the whole role play aspect and actually worked with me one on one in order to get me to be a better player, which was a big help because I was patently terrible, but I was also like 16. So it makes sense. And I kind of suggest the same thing is if if you're at a table and you haven't really played that role, if you feel nervous or anxious about it, bring it up. Most tables, and by most, I mean like out of a thousand tables, call it 999 of them, are going to be welcome and engaging and pretty chillax about trying to get you to role play. And I'm approaching that also under the ages of you are new to gaming in general. Because if you know the rule set and you've just made Chad Thundermember Paladin Extraordinaire with 18s in every stat, but he is just a arm with a mace in it and his go-to is Chad Smash, then that's going to make things a little difficult to deal with when you're trying to barrel through all the problems they're trying to talk their way around. Jeff? Yeah, uh, I mean, I think the biggest thing uh, when trying to get into RP is you kind like the more people that you can surround yourself that are lighthearted and like they're not they're gonna make goofs on themselves and you know they're gonna laugh at themselves. The easier it becomes and the more natural it becomes. And the biggest thing that I found is if you're willing to be that person, like because like being the first person to make an ass out of themselves is probably one of the most nerve-wracking things possible, especially among people that you don't know. But I also found that if you're willing to commit to it, it's highly rewarding. So my big thing was, it's, it's kind of like working out or really anything else that's difficult. You kind of just have to go for it. And the more people, good people that you surround yourself with, the easier it is. I have, I have found that I got better because I would, I played with people who were great at it. And so it kind of forces you to step up and try to get as close as you can to that level. And so it's, it has helped me. I still don't think I'm even close to the same level as the two of you when it comes to RPing, but I, I am trying. I really do have to try, but I do find it is very dependent on the character I'm playing. Like if, like with Mary Sue and without Annette, I, I made her, I knew who she was. She had a birthday, she had a family, she had an upbringing, like I knew who she was. So it was easy to embody her. Micah in Burning Edge, I know who she is. I know what her upbringing is. I know what she's like. I know what her quirks are. I know what, what she hates and what she did, you know, what she likes. And, and so again, very easy to jump into that character but if you were to say, hey, Jupe, 
jump into this, you know, this game over here, build a character, let's play. If I didn't really know who that character was, like if I didn't have time to really like cultivate it and work on it, I wouldn't really role play it well. So I guess like without Annette, I had like a month to build Mary Sue. Burning Edge is an iteration of a character I played in a game before who just became more fleshed out by the time Burning Edge came around. So I guess I need a lot of time to kind of sit with a character in order to role play that character. But if you just say, hey, roll up a character and go, I'm not going to RP that character. And I, I, I don't know why, whereas you guys seem, you can roll up a character and jump in. Like, why is it easier for you guys to do that? What is it? Is it just experience? I have had a stable of characters in my head introducing themselves over and over again <laughs> for years. And I will sit there and I will be on Tumblr. Yeah, don't give me that. And somebody will have a uh, a blog post and they're like, oh, well, here's a headcanon concept where orcish necromancers actually are giving their uh, slain brethren a second chance at orc valhalla by raising the bodies and sending them to do menial tasks for families until the skeleton turns to dust and then you take the skull you put the skull on the altar with the other skulls of the family and you know that they have reached a an afterlife of rest based on the service that they've done in their own life and i'm like holy shit Okay, well, here's Thrakazog. He is a orcish necromancer, and he goes from town to town. And while he's adventuring, if he finds a body, he'll talk to the he'll he'll uh, cast speak with dead. He'll talk with the, the the body for a while with the spirit and be like, "This is what we're gonna do. This is how you're gonna help your family out again." And then that that skeleton raises up it has a great old time you know tilling the fields for a hundred years until it turns to dust and then you know Mima's family just grabs the skull and either buries it or throws it on the altar or whatever or you know my other problem is i don't think that i can make a character anymore that doesn't start with a bad joke and <laughs> Then that gets the neurons firing. So, okay, so my pirate captain, he is a birdman. The reason he is an Aarakocra is because I was making so many pirate puns when this game started that I was told either I'm going to have a character that has three prosthetic limbs because I've, I've had them all cut off for bad puns, or I'm going to be the ship's parrot. And I'm like, well, I have two characters for you now. One... I make a warforged that is nothing but prosthetic lens, and instead of carrying weapons, has a, an arm attachment that will switch to whatever weapon or tool that he needs at the time. And then I said, okay, well, background-wise, he's created by the Wan-T as part of their, their construct weapons program. So he's he's a Hiss army knife. And that got that got denied because the pun was so bad. And so I went with Ship's Parrot. So he's an Aarakocra. He can actually talk because Kenku just kind of repeat people, which would have been perfect for the whole thing with parroting. But if I'd done that, he couldn't be ship captain. And so he uh, he ended up being crows because he spent all his time in the crow's nest and he's bird. But then I write this whole background 
and and this is where kind of the role playing this is where the role happens is now he's got this entire background he's got a uh uh, social stratified uh, culture in the far north on on the cliffs and everything where your social status is defined by how high your nest is built on this mountain. And so you've got the administrators and the rich all at the top of this mountain, this glittering spire, because the, the sunlight is reflecting off of the gold and all the expensive shit they've got up there. And then I'm like, okay, well, how do they name themselves? And I really wanted to use parakeet as a as a joke and so it's like okay well family name first par and his actual name ekit so he is now par ekit crow's nest pirate captain extraordinaire and that took me like 15 minutes to come up with and it just went balls out crazy ever since and it's just like the character clicked because a part of it's been in my head forever and then i gave it a body and I gave it voice, and now it is a character, and he's having the time of his life. That's what I mean. You did this like in 15, that whole entire process. I remember that whole process was like in under a day, and you have all of this information. You, you, you've brought this character to life in your mind already. It takes me a month to do that in order to embody a character. But there's nothing wrong with that. No, but I don't, sometimes I don't have a month. So, okay. So your original question was, how do you do it? Is it experience? Honestly, yeah. And as you said, um, and I'll toot my horn again, because I love hearing myself talk. I, I've done a lot of fiction writing. Most mm -hmm. of it's been small scale stuff. I've tried to write a book like twice. Never tried to write a book in November because something terrible will fucking happen. Guess what's happening in November this year? Something terrible. So <laughs> I've, I've had that creativity thing kind of burning for call it 20 years now because when i first went to college it was for creative writing do i have to be a, a creative person a good writer in order to be a good role player absolutely not okay and and jeff you mentioned an improv earlier mm -hmm. which i you know to me I, i've always heard the the gold the, the key rule the golden rule of improv is always say yes oh it's yes and Yes, and. Okay. So you want to see whatever the other person says, you say yes to that, and then you add to it. And then they say yes, and, and it just, it spirals off into craziness. So is that then a, a key element? Like, you say, in order to do good role-playing, you have to be willing to, you know, always be willing to say yes, and, and not shut things down because that, that kills the game or that kills the role-play. For the most part, yes. Mm -hmm. There are certain circumstances where I would say no, but you don't want to say no in like a no in an end way. You mm -hmm. want to have a no and then you take their idea and you kind of change it a little bit, but you put it in the same direction type of thing. Mm -hmm. No but. No but, yeah. <laughs> no but. Yeah, no but. <laughs> you want no and. It basically, you don't want to dictate the way that their character's going to go, and you don't want to do it often. Like, you want to use that once in a long, long time. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, yes and is a golden rule, and it makes things way more fun in the long run. So what are some other elements of good role play then? Like, what are the, what are the, the earmarks of this is good role play? So if I, if I don't really know how to role play well, what are some things I can keep in mind, some tips and tricks, so I can I can be better, or at least start to work on it? Awesome. Well, 
sitting here thinking. And I think first off, keep trying. That's 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 rule one is, is don't give up. Because if you give up, then you're you're gonna set yourself up for that failure. You're gonna start this feedback loop of feeling bad, and then you're just not gonna want to play. And that's that's absolutely what not what we want. We want you to play. We want you to keep trying. The second thing is ask for feedback. And this is impossible for so many of us. <laughs> but get get feedback. And I even even now, like on in the D D game where I played the barbarian. I asked for feedback because when I was going through my my usual spiels and everything, uh, the attitude I was getting back was it was brusque and it it felt like it's like, do you guys really want me here? And so after a game, I'm like, okay, so I'm I'm feeling kind of concerned because I'm having this issue. Do you do you guys want me here or or what's going on? And it snapped them back to, oh yeah, we absolutely do. And then they started responding better to what I was doing, but I was also kind of scaling back so I wasn't so bombastic or so in your face, so aggressive. And that's what refined the character into the kind of noble savage that he was. But always, you know, never give up, never give up and get feedback from your table. And that's both of those things are going to be a big help. Yeah, those are huge, especially the feedback one. Uh, Like, I'll always run into, in my previous D&D table, I always run into, am I being a little bit too much? Uh, kind of like what Oz was saying with his guy. And I, I didn't widely ask the table, but I knew the GM personally, and all the other people were the GM's friends. So I would ask the GM, like, what was going on. Like, if I was being too much this, if, you know, I was being too much that, and just see, like, because sometimes you have like that perception from people where you're what you're thinking is coloring what you see from other people. And then a third party doesn't see that at all or they see something completely different. So if you have someone that you can talk to at the table about that type of stuff, that's that's golden. And that's a good resource to have. Uh, another thing to add to Oz's list is don't be afraid to kind of make yourself the butt of a joke because everyone messes up. Everyone, you know, says something goofy or something. You just got to kind of learn that, oh, don't be like, oh, embarrassed and, you know, whatever. Learn how to lean into the joke and add to it so that you're not the butt end of the joke, but you're the one making it funnier type of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, roll with it. That's That's yeah. been a big help. Roll with the punches. Embracing failures. I, I think I've read that before. Embrace the failures and, and go with them and, you know, just ha- learn to have fun with it and, you know, do that. But I do think checking in, getting feedback is is important, especially if you're playing a character. I'll use Micah as an example. This character is an incredibly abrasive person and is mean and awful. <laughs> in the best way. But she's mean and awful. And sometimes when I RP that character with another player, it's always a check-in after like, you know, that wasn't personal. That wasn't person to person. That was in character. Are you okay? You know, I can, I can, I can tone it down. I can scale back if you need me to. Just let me know. But for the most part, most of the people, the cast members are like, no, I, they're okay with it. I wonder if just subtly under the layers if some of them are a little like, oh, she's just awful. Like, 
It's such a cool character. I would like to point out, JB is as annoying as he is <laughs> because Micah. Because I wanted to goat you into kill, like into just hurting him so much, and you never take the bait. I know you want that. I know you want that. I'm not going (laughs) to give it to you. That's how sadistic she is. That's what I wanted. It's not what it's not what uh, JB wants. But no, no, yeah, and I I agree. Uh, because like especially whenever you're like angry as like a character and you're really pulling it off it can come off as oh is they are they really angry or are they not angry and it's a good thing to like after the scene or whatever or before you do something especially extreme that you kind of check in with everybody and make sure they're not pushing the wrong buttons especially on like discord or something because at like a table you can read people's faces like you can look mm-hmm. them in the eye and see how they're reacting uh, but on discord it's kind of hard because people are just kind of silent so you're just like, uh, how is everyone reacting to what I'm doing? <laughs> how about that role play? <laughs> <laughs> like, I love how Omni has to constantly remind people that I'm not actually a horrible person. <laughs> press an X to doubt. Yeah, no! And I, 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 I press X to doubt all the time like he's lying. That is just who I am. I'm a horrible person. But yeah, yeah. So do you think it's easier to... So if I'm a shy person and I'm like having a hard time doing this, I would think face-to-face games it would be more difficult to do it if I was shy. And on on online games where I don't have that face-to-face component, I could like do it and like really work on it. And like if if the game didn't work out, it doesn't matter. This was just me getting doing that exercise of role playing. So is it easier online? Do you think because you don't have People looking at you making faces. <laughs> um, or do you think it's better to have it in face to face because you do have the faces to read and know if you're doing well or not? You get that body language feedback. So full disclosure, Uh-oh. I have been doing this gaming thing for 22 years. Mm-hmm. The number of times I have been at a physical table I can count on one hand and have fingers left over. I have had three tabletop games face-to-face in 22 years. Wow. Everything I have done has been online. So yes, I find it to be a lot easier. (laughs) (laughs) It's definitely more convenient. It's more convenient. Okay. For me, like, I don't know from a shy person's perspective. Yeah, you don't know what shy is, I know. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like, I've been to a murder mystery party where I was the only person, like, with 30 people, and I was the only one that did an accident and, like, committed the entire time. So I don't know what that, what shy is like. But I would imagine not, like, not being around, you know, face-to-face so that you can just, you know, kind of go silent and get in the background real easily mm-hmm. would be nicer on people. But I think the number one thing for shy people, well, I guess two number ones, is one, people that you know is going to be a lot easier to be interactive with, especially if you're just getting into it. And number two, people that are open and good at RP. So people that are going to try to help like pull you into the story or give you something to play off and stuff like that mm-hmm. is going to be a lot more easy for a shy person because they're going to, oh, look, someone's giving me good feedback. They're giving me positive feedback. And that feedback loop is what gets people going and kind of opens them up. No, that that that's very true because I have gamed with my brother. I have gamed with very close friends. I have gamed with my husband. 
uh, now ex-husband, all of them, I never felt comfortable enough to really RP with because, uh, you know, I, I just, my husband had no problem pointing out my failures. My brother had no problem mocking me. My friends, I think, wouldn't have done it, wouldn't have done anything, but they still would have, like, told me what I could do better. So it was just easier not to do it around them. It wasn't until I, I connected with BAMPS and Oz and some other people that I felt comfortable enough to actually start doing this, to actually role play. And so it does take a good group of good role players and people you can kind of try this new thing with that you might feel silly at first and be a little awkward and vulnerable about. But as long as you know that they're not, that they're willing to be just as awkward and vulnerable and silly, that you can really like push yourself and do it. I know I, I, I must make Oz and Bamp sound like saints, but they are it's, really, they it, are. It's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. We're both <laughs> black hearted <laughs> bastards and you're sitting here talking us up and no, you guys know, I, I, it really, like, it really wasn't until then that I really started to learn the RP of RPGs. And, and I, it, and thankfully I actually ended up with people like that, that helped me expand and do that because I've had the best times in the podcast, uh, as Mary Sue, it was a great time as Micah in, you know, because Omnicolor said, Hey, I heard Mary Sue, would you mind, do, would, would you like to do this? Yes. And it's been fun. I enjoy it. It's really fun to kind of be somebody else for a while. And Oz touched on that. That whole, my real life might not be all great. I want to escape into something else. So let me be somebody else for a few hours and and live life through their eyes and experiences and, and do this stuff. And it is a, a nice little mental escape. It absolutely is. I'm much a very much a fan of that and I, I will say your your rp is fantastic you are in two podcasts and you're hosting a third so you are much more genial than you you let on <laughs> and i i like to think it's also because of the online thing because you're not looking at people and mm. you're just kind of like okay well i don't have to be as all in on this as i do sitting around a table with friends and so mm -hmm when it comes back as positive, which nine times out of 10, it does 99 times out of a hundred, it does. Then it gives you that, that confidence to do more. It's that whole cloak of anonymity of helps because you're not putting your, your whole ass out there in order to be judged. You know, mm -hmm. you know, I, I met my wife through role-playing on, on World of Warcraft and that whole awkwardness about being in person, we, we still experience it. We, we sit in the same office and she's nodding behind me as I say this, but it's really awkward for us to RP with one another because we're both right there. And it's like, oh, we're, we're pretending to be somebody else while we're looking at some, while we're looking at each other. This, this isn't working out so well. So, um, you know, we had to kind of close the book on that, unfortunately. But if I move to a new office, I build something in the backyard, you know, maybe we'll start back up again because <laughs> we're not looking at each other. You guys both have interesting perspectives on this because for me, I actually prefer like in person. Mm -hmm. But I think that's mainly because I started out everything in like drama class. Oh and because like gosh, I was always, I, everything. 
Yeah, right? no, no, no. I was, I would, I, okay. I, I want to test myself as a drama kid because I never did any like act, like any plays or anything, like extracurricular uh-huh. stuff. I only did like the actual classes. And the only reason I liked those classes was because you just got to make up skits and then perform skits. Mm-hmm. And you just sat around with friends making up stuff. And so, like, I was super into that, and I loved it. And it was always in person, and you got to laugh and, like, see people's faces and stuff like that. Uh, so for me, like, the in-person stuff, I like looking people in the eye and making faces and, you know, see how people are reacting, see if somebody's, you know, kind of shy and put back and, like, they're not really engaged. See if I can get them engaged, see if I can get them, you know, to have a good night type of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because there's a lot of times whenever I'm on Discord, I can't really tell people's vibes just from their voices, because I, I don't know, maybe it's just, like, I'm just not used to the online communication as much, mm-hmm. which I better get used to, considering the current state of affairs. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so you guys gotta, like, up on me there. Uh, but yeah, to me, the in-person is, I, I love it. I love the, the interaction. Mm-hmm. Not, well, but that's not to take anything away from you guys, you know, no, it's no, no, just no. kind it's, of a different perspective. It's different because like Oz, Oz's experience has mostly been through online. He's only had a few tabletop in-person games. The bulk of my experience has been face-to-face games. It's only been the last three years that I've been doing online. Uh, so we are very much opposites on that. It still, it didn't matter the medium I was in, because when I, I remember the very first game I played online, I did not RP at all. I was terrible. I metagamed. I was stuttering. It was awful. It was so hard because I didn't have the body language. And I, I, it was different. It was just such a a foreign way of playing to me that I was awful. And yet, Bamp still said, hey, podcast. And I was like, you're insane. So it's, it was a different way of playing, but I think if I was face to face, I still couldn't RP the way I do now when I play online. I don't think I could look somebody in the face and do what I do because I I would be afraid they would laugh at me. I can't do, I just can't do it. And I'd be afraid they wouldn't. <laughs> right. <laughs> It's like I just made I, I, I just made a construct that is built around the hiss army knife. I mean, I'm expecting you to laugh at me. When you make a character that's a joke and everybody laughs, then they're laughing along with you, you know, because mm-hmm. they get the joke. Well that's that's actually an interesting point. So Oz, would you say that you make more comedic characters or serious ones? I make a comedic character, and every single time, it turns into a serious character by the end. <laughs> and, and uh, Jupe, how, how many, like, do you usually, because, like, Mike is kind of a serious character. Like, she's a serious business person. Mm-hmm. Do you usually make serious people, or do you kind of mix it up? See, I make, it, it, like, I don't think I have a theme. Like, Oz seems to have a theme for his characters, where... <laughs> I make, like, in my mind, I'm making flawed people. I'm making a person okay. you could literally meet on the street. I'm making a person. Now, it's it, the two podcasts I'm in are both Shadowrun, so I guess maybe that's why. They're not fantasy, high fantasy games. It's Shadowrun. It's cyberpunk dystopian, but it's still just people. Mary Sue was a, a vapid college intern 
who had no real world understanding and, and had a life of somewhat privilege, you know, and, and so that's, that was what I embodied when I, when I played her, it was just that whole, I don't have any real understanding. I'm incredibly naive. I think I'm shrewd because daddy told me some things when he, cause he knows business. And then Micah is a very serious character born while I was going through a divorce. She was my angst. She was the way to get my anger out. And she's fun to play. It's fun to be mean when you have to be nice all damn day at work. Oh, yeah. So it's nice. <laughs> it's nice to be mean. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> get that out. But it's, yeah, I, I don't think I, I skew one way or the other. I don't think I'm funny, so I don't think I could make a comedic character. I, I don't I don't know. I think I make middle of the road average Joes. Okay. Yeah. Micah is every barista with a mask off. <laughs> <laughs> she would not wear a mask right now, no. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's your no. problem. That's your problem. But I will say in learning how to, to RP, for both of those characters, I I on recording days especially in my brain, I would talk like them. I would have, I would get into weird little skits in my brain, like situations they could be in in the game, and talk like them, and and like have one side of the brain be the GM, and the other side's the character, go back and forth. You know, I'm sure I'm mentally ill in some regard, but I would like play out these little skits and like how would how what would she say? How what word would she use? And I would do that on recording days. Because that was the best way for me to get into character come recording time. So I'm in my apartment. So sometimes I I, I slip into a New Jersey accent to to talk like Micah. And I, you know, how would she react in this situation? And I would do that in my in my head. Do you guys do that? Do you guys talk to yourselves as your characters? Or no? <laughs> you don't have to because you could just jump in. I no. I just jump in. You just jump in. Gosh, I envy that. I do voices all the time. I'm weird. You are weird. Well, you're a drama kid. Yeah. <laughs> so I have one who's did drama in school. I have another one who's a creative college creative writing. Is that why you guys are better at this than I am? Because I went to school for business management. I mean, I'm so. I want to clarify something. Uh, I have a degree in software engineering. Yeah. So I did not go to school for <laughs> acting. I am not that dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I do not work at Starbucks. Wow. I co code computers. One's probably, you know, probably the same difference. But Send all your uh, responses to jb at burningedge.com. Nice. Burningyourcoffee.com. Uh <laughs> No, no, but yeah, uh, sorry, continue. No, no, what, what, I mean, you, you, you have a degree in something not liberal. Okay. Yes, yes. But you, you said drama classes in Yes, in I just, I really, like, I didn't, like, I didn't like art. Like, I didn't like painting. Uh, mm -hmm. I did a little writing, but I was never good at it. And, it's like, a elective. I, yeah. <laughs> it's an elective. Whenever you're a computer guy, it's an elective. <laughs> And like I, I didn't, I really wasn't into music. You know, mm -hmm. drama was kind of the creative outlet that I had 
because it was it was just the thing I enjoyed doing. It's just because I don't think I ever matured. I think I'm perpetually a five year old. <laughs> just I like to play play pretend all the time. Yeah, there is a an amount of that childlike wonder, and mm-hmm. it's funny because you know I I went to school for creative writing. Um, I had a Actually, my major was journalism. My minor was in creative writing. So writing, writing, writing. And then I went back to school for business administration and accounting. And now I find that I spend all of my time being friendly in emails and learning actually how the inflection of the of the text that you use can change and, and really being able to, to get a, an empathic understanding of the, the people I'm communicating with. But I was also in drama in middle school and I was in musicals. So that's when I hated acting and I still kind of do. Um, I had a point here that I was going for and I completely lost it. But I think that I've just been doing it for so long that I just kind of slide into it now. And I know that probably like five minutes before the recording starts, is when I kind of fall into the character, especially if it's one with an accent, because I've got to switch off the, okay, I'm a Midwestern accountant to, all right, we'll now I am a, a Russian vampire who has been hosting a podcast for many years, and that is how I keep my money. Duh. Duh. And beer helps. Beer helps a lot. Beer helps a lot. <laughs> yes, booze. Booze number one. <laughs> if you're underage, don't worry about it. Eventually you'll get there, and then you'll be old forever. <laughs> it does reduce some... Uh, it does reduce inhibitions, so it does help you kind of be a little uh, okay with trying that that weird, awkward RP. But I'm not condoning start drinking in order to rp please don't yes it, if you're over <laughs> 21 a, a beer or two is fine i don't suggest going to like three or four unless mm-hmm. you know how it affects you because like if i start drinking a little bit too much i get sloppy and then nothing i say makes any sense <laughs> i think i think that has come up a couple times in both uh both <laughs> tables that we've done so in your grand experience have you ever seen role playing go bad? So like we want to hit a certain level, but there's that sweet spot of good role play and then we kind of surpass that sweet spot and go into the dark place and and like don't ever do that. You know don't the answer that. to this question. Mm. <laughs> you absolutely know the answer to this question. Of course I have. Yeah. <laughs> I streamed it. I nearly had liver failure from that game. Oh my gosh. The Unseely Food Court. The Unseely Food Court. We have to... Oh, we're going to do that for our Halloween special. Our OOC Halloween special is going to be Oz telling us the story of the Seely Food Court. Oh, my God. So don't do any spoilers. Okay. But okay, what but yes. were the elements of bad RP? Okay, so you had a you had a DM who had... He was essentially writing a book. And so he had some themes that he definitely wanted to push through. And if you could recognize the themes, then you could play the table. He also had the same tired voice for every character. So it was very easy to miss who was talking and who was important. The players were, we, there were four of us. And so me and Seraph, we, we've known each other for years. We now have to play off of one another. 
and that asshole got so sick during the thing. He missed more games than he showed up for because mm-hmm. it was so stressful for him. He was he, he got an eye tick to the point where his his face was spasming because it was such a stressful game. It's because of the other two players mm-hmm. who were so hostile in character that we asked several times if they had a problem with us out of character. And their role play got to the point where it was exclusionary. Mm. So it was unintentionally splitting the party. So these two were off doing all this stuff and the stuff and the DM was paying all this attention to them. And then on our side, we're like, okay, well, we'll, we'll try and role play, but really we're just kind of furniture here and this sucks. So if you role play and uh, you're kind of just making it all about you and shutting other other characters out of the RP opportunity, that's that's bad role playing. The worst. The worst. If the GM allows it, that's a bad GM. It's a bad table. Yeah. That's a bad table. Just leave. Just go away. But if you're that person that's shutting things down, you're not doing the improv golden rule of yes and. You're just shutting people out and taking away their RP opportunity. That's bad RP. Mm-hmm. Okay. Any other examples of anything you could think that would be just don't do this when you RP for the love of God? Besides voices, because wandering accents are a thing. Hey, maybe that's the character. <laughs> that's the character. They have every accent. <laughs> They're from I everywhere. strongly consider that for the COC game. It's like, oh, yeah, Philip's actually not English. He's from, you know, Jersey Shore, <laughs> but he's been putting on airs. Just because it was so hard to keep that accent. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so I, I think a big thing is don't try to play the other person's character like if somebody if if like uh somebody does a thing and you're like whoa that, whatever like why would he do that like don't don't do that because that you don't want to take away the other player's agency mm-hmm. and the moment that you do that you're like in rp you get one character stick with that character tell what that character does what the other characters do is none of your concern mm-hmm. you react to it and that's it yeah forcing forcing actions on them as well rpg horror stories uh, are a bound of of people kind of crossing that 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 boundary and that barrier of, of player agency to a point where you get into a dark and i won't say forbidden themes because it sounds enticing but straight up uncomfortable themes like this is something that I think you probably touched on with women in gaming is you get some players who just go all in on the whole like potential sexual assault stuff Mm -hmm. or, you know, you get your, you get the murder hobo to the point whereas if it breathes, kill it, which is also kind of uncomfortable because DM's going to throw out, you know, little Timmy who's who's dancing in the cornfield and then turns around and like, oh, it's a hero. How are you? Shunk. And little Timmy fucking died. I do remember Abner. Yes. And how I had to save him from you rotten people who wanted to kill that poor little five-year-old boy. I told you we're he, terrible people. He was a people. witness. I was a witness. He absolutely <laughs> was a witness. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... And I guess, it, so I'm going to bring up Zakara. When we were on the Living Community Together cast of Shadows, he had a character whose backstory dealt with a lot of abuse. And he was like, you know, when he role-played that, he role-played his character 
as having a you know as have having dealt with a lot of torment and horror and dealing with you know how to now react with people in this whole new city doing this whole new thing i thought he did a good job but that could have gone horrible i i mean if you're trying to touch on on things especially if you're a man role playing a woman and you are role playing how you think a woman would react had she been in a an abusive relationship in the past that can spiral to the worst areas ever and really can upset a table especially if there are women at it yeah something that has been gaining in popularity and i'm a big big fan a big proponent of it is the x card system Mm -hmm. and basically it is part of the session zero where everybody gets together and it's like okay this is the general idea we've got for the campaign and characters what is off limits Mm -hmm. and everybody writes down what is off limits for them what they don't they want to see at the table and that gives everybody it's that whole social contract which also helps with the role play because like the pirate game the the entire point behind the pirate game was you're playing pirates you know we're we're gonna have pirates of the caribbean with a dash of black sails but we're also not going to do like tales of the black freighter Mm -hmm. And that gives us an idea of, of where we're going to go, which is makes it a lot more comfortable to, to play in because mm-hmm. I love black sails, but I don't think that I could role play in that world. It's a little yeah. too ruthless for me. A little, a little too, too much. It makes, makes you uncomfortable. So I guess if you're going to make a character and you want to role play it, you may think it's a, a, it would be fun or, or entertaining or neat to RP something like, like with Micah. I mean, she has antipathy and she's sadistic. I mean, she she tortures people. You know, when they when they mouth off, she she chokes them. That's that's what she does. She doesn't she doesn't have any real feeling or anything or empathy, and and she's she's mean. But it, it doesn't mean Micah tortures and and you know does things to people every single session. She doesn't because that would get a little old in the RP world and get a little too dark. So you have to really temper it. If you're going to go for that weird sadistic killer type thing, you've got to really find that balance with your table to go, all right, don't worry. I'm not going to be that, that guy that runs rampant. So it it is, if you're going, if you want a character that has some dark themes, I think to role play it, number one, if this is your first time role playing, can you role play something else first? Just kind of, you know, make sure you have a good handle on it before you graduate to role playing darker themes. Micah probably was not the one for me to role play after Mary Sue. Probably not. Uh, I'm going to hit X to doubt that one. Really? I don't know. Have you met the rest of the crew? <laughs> it's a, it, she has, she has a lot of darkness in her. And if, you have to really like you have to have a really good table that's really open and to to RP darkness. I, I think you really need to have a handle on everything. I think starting something a little lighter would be better if this is your first time really like I'm going to go balls to the wall RP. Let's start with something lighter and go and work our way up to that stuff. Yeah, and I think with like more of the darker elements it's probably better to wait for a campaign that's going to be darker too Uh 
So, like, if you're going to do, like, a horror setting, like, or an apocalypse or war setting, that's probably more of a nice place to do that rather than, like, a, oh, the Hobbit fantasy (laughs) kind of almost children-esque, you know, type of cartoon type of stuff. But I I think a big point that's been brought up is learn how to read the room. (laughs) You know, that's that's big because, like, you're not on, like, like, I guess podcasts, yes, you are widely distributing it. But your primary audience, like whenever you just do an RPG, like with your friends, are the people around you. And if the people around you aren't going to like it, well, why are you doing it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, play yeah. to your, towards your audience. Yes, yeah. know your audience. <laughs> even from a, a podcast release perspective, I mean, if you make your players feel uncomfortable, that translates immediately over to the release product and you mm-hmm. lose people. The issue came to mind where um, it's one of the one of the larger podcast groups, and I think this was recorded on on Twitch, where the DM went into some uncomfortable themes with one of the players, and you could tell in her voice and her actions and everything. It's like this isn't cool, and the DM doubled down on it, and that was a that was a big hit in in viewership, and that created a lot of controversy. So, I mean, read your room. If he'd understood that, that wouldn't have happened and it would have been a non-issue. Yeah, yeah. No. It, it, it is something you have to be very, very aware of, of how your RP is affecting the table. I think, yeah, shutting others down from their RP is bad. What are some other ways? Like, is it, what if you don't have a grasp? Like, maybe you think you have a grasp of your character, but the way you've chosen to RP it is just doesn't mesh it at all. Is Have you ever seen that happen? I've done that. You've done that? Yeah. Like, give, me, yes. give me the example. So, so uh, whenever I first started playing D&D, I made a paladin, which mm-hmm. I suggest not making a paladin. I've done it once, and I won't make the mistake again. I don't see what the problem is. Think twice before you roll a paladin. Anyway, so... Like, okay, so I was playing this paladin, and we did our first adventure. We went to, like, this place, and we caught a guy. And everyone else wanted to torture this guy <laughs> for information. And so I had to go off. T- I had to go off. Like, my character didn't notice them wanting to torture this guy so that they could actually play the game mm-hmm. and go sit in a temple. So at that point, I realized I kind of have to pivot this guy. Mm-hmm. And luckily, I found a cursed sword. And so I made it so that the cursed sword drove him slowly insane, and he always wanted to burn things to the ground. So <laughs> it allowed me to kind of take my guy from goody two shoes straight and narrow to kind of more of a chaotic neutral kind of thing, mm-hmm. where he he still did good things, but he also would veer off into, and that would allow him to interact with these people a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you do have to pivot what you're going to do, especially with paladin-type characters where they have a strong moral thing. Otherwise, you're kind of going to screw up the table hardcore. Paladins are tough. Paladins, I think, are... are I I thought I had a handle on my paladin, and then I realized, no, this just it's not going to work. I'm just going to RP it wrong. I, and I knew that. And so it was like, all right, I got to dump this character and get a new one because I was always going to make the wrong choice in RP when I did a paladin. And I think that's because in my brain, I had this, this was the paladins are this. And I had a list of what they were and it was never going to change or move or bend or evolve. And I think that was the issue that I had. Well, that's, 
that's also kind of the book's fault too. At least third edition was like this, where they're like, "Oh, mm-hmm. you always have to do the right and moral thing and all this crap." Now it's a little bit more like you can play them a little bit looser. Mm-hmm. But yes, my my paladin is now dead, and I killed him on purpose. <laughs> And I am now playing a different character because I hate paladins. I will never play one again. My brother. Okay. I had a lot of fun with my paladin. Did you? I had a lot of fun with mine too, but no. Yeah. No. Drunken Pathfinder Paladin was wonderful. Oh, yeah. I I loved your paladin too. But I just cannot. I can't play paladin. And I just can't. I think. Would it be better if if, uh, this is my first time. RP to find something maybe that I don't have to jump into so hard, like find a character or build a character that's more like me or something I really am familiar with and know. I think that's what I did with Mary Sue. Mary Sue, I've stated before, is the mix of my two sisters who are 22 years younger than me and are hilarious. I, I think my sisters are One is entirely naive and gullible, and the other one thinks she's super savvy, but again, you can still fool her. And how they approach things and look at the world, I just made Mary Sue them. And so it wasn't a stretch to roleplay that. I knew what she was based on knowing my sisters for so many years, so I, I could RP it. And I think that was easier for me to get into that embodiment. Micah's unlike anyone I know. So that one is me having to actually role play what I think this person would be like. Unless you want to count every mobster movie ever made. Of course we count every mobster yeah. movie ever made. Because <laughs> I've seen them all and I love them all. And Micah's probably born from that. She absolutely was. I remember when she was introduced, it was the Badfellas campaign, which was specifically mob-centered. Uh-huh. Yeah, she was. We, we made mobsters, yeah. So I, I think that's a good way to kind of approach role-playing if you've never really done it before. Find something that you know. Like, you know, write what you know, role-play what you know. And if you don't, feel free to change it. There's, there's Nothing is set in stone. And... You know, looping back around to the question, you know, it, has anything ever come out that you it has a personality not meshed with your idea? Honestly, just about every character I've made has been like that. There's there is a concrete idea I had in my head, and they start playing, and right after they I start playing them, I'm like, this this isn't interesting. Like, there was a D and D game where this is with your paladin. I was playing an alchemist, and the alchemist didn't just feel good at all. And he was supposed to be kind of this Dr. Frankenstein-like where he was trying to create an elixir of eternal life. And he, I couldn't play that. It's just, mm-hmm. it, it felt flat every time I did. So I changed his personality around and, you know, he'd get lost in the little details and he would practice horrible lab safety (laughs) but his his duty was he wants to discover things and that he became a great explorer and he felt better not best but there was a lot of things going on with that campaign there was a lot of things going on i think that was my paladin that i i had a hard time with as well well the party gave you a hard time too 
Well, see, I'm not going to say anything, but I don't think it's unreasonable for a paladin to get upset with, upset with the group, the PCs, when they insult their god. Well, and you... Right? <laughs> I and, thought and I wrote you, RP you took that it well. right. I thought it's, I took it well. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's, you know, they, it got to the point where it went from friendly ribbing to this seems kind of malicious. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's that's when the dial turned from okay, yeah, haha, to no, seriously, knock it the fuck off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that's when I realized I can't RP a paladin because my idea of a paladin was so rigid, I couldn't bend when stuff like that in the group happened. I I so it was like I can't. I'm gonna cause more strife, so I'm gonna get a new character. This just isn't gonna work. I'm gonna I'm gonna back this one out. It was it was a tough one. It was tough, and I think if if you if you really want to be a good player at a table, if you have a character and you start RPing it, and something doesn't feel right, or something just in your gut, like something's wrong, just say, "Guys, I got to scrap this one. Sorry, I need a new one. This just isn't going to work." Yeah, don't be afraid to do that. And I, I've I've done it. Yeah. I've done it. It's hard, but you have to do it. I think for the sake of the table, you have to do it. I also think don't like, I always hear this. I've never encountered it ever at a table online, face to face. I've never encountered this, but I always hear it where some people, some players have a a kink and they create a character in order to role play out the kink because they never get to do it in real life. So they, Use their character as the proxy to roleplay out their kink. That's X card territory. Right? That is X card territory. But it's like, don't do that. It, keep, your, keep your kinks out of the game. <laughs> but I've never run across it. For it being such a popular thing happening, I've never run across it in all my years. Have you never played with JB? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm banging my toaster right now. God. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have. I've never. I've never come across anyone that's tried to do romance at all, Ooh. let alone kinky stuff. Um, really? I have never seen. Like I've jokingly romanced with Cassandra, mm-hmm. but nothing like where I was. Where anyone was actually trying to push it to. Oh, let's make it an actual fake relationship type of thing. I've not had that player to player, like PC to PC, but I have had it PC to NPC. Never had that either. It's super, like, it's super awkward. <laughs> yep, it is. It's super I mean, I keep, I keep trying to get Omni to bite into it, but she just right? doesn't go for it. Just won't date you. Biting game. isn't his kink. That's not his kink. Yeah, I guess that's it. It I is. I want him to go beep. Yeah. If that's something you want to RP out, like you want to RP out romance, that is definitely a conversation with the GM or the PC you wish to do that with. But please do not force your romance on another PC unless they're willing. And and please don't make it graphic. And I think it's usually $5.99 a minute. (laughs) The price has really gone down on that lately. (laughs) But I thought Mary Sue's romance with Valentine, God rest his soul, uh, was it was fun to listen to, and it was cringy in that way that sometimes cringe is entertaining. 
you, you could feel the awkwardness and you could feel like it, it was like a brother and sister role playing a couple. It was so weird and like, ew. But it was, you know, we did it because it was part of the, the character. And I didn't have a problem doing it. I It was fun. It was just cringy. Yeah. But it also wasn't your kink. It's not my kink. No, that was not my kink. But I don't really, I don't know. Like I, I always hear these stories from people about, oh, they have this, they were just trying to live out their kink and I'm like but I've never experienced it in all my years but I guess it's it, don't do that just just if that's don't do that in RP just if, advice from Jupe don't do that just don't <laughs> <laughs> I've I've seen it both ways hmm. again I can't go into details because that is a future episode is the Halloween special but because it's horrifying yes <laughs> yes it is it is Let's. The Unseelie Food Court had a lot of problems, and then player-wise, when I was adminning the hub, we had to keep an eye on that because when you get a lot of people, you get people who are like, "Oh, well, I'm gonna make this character to kind of satisfy this this need." And there was we had GMs like that, we had players like that, and that ended up being a if if we got a report that somebody was uncomfortable, then we'd have a one-on-one, and then if it happened and we were at the table, we'd call it out of the table. It's like we're not about that. And if the table's cool with it, and if it is that kind of table, because sometimes it is that kind of table, then fine. But if it hits that X card territory, you're like, I'm I'm not about this. And that's either it, it gets shut down or you leave. Which goes back to know your audience. Yeah. Know, know, know the table. Your audience, know the table. And don't be a dick. Right. Basically. And <laughs> there's there's nothing wrong with the relationship point. stuff. There's yeah. absolutely nothing wrong with the relationship stuff. The the part, thing between Mary Sue and Valentine was great because it wasn't the central focus mm-hmm. of the character. It was just here's another little slice of life that Bams as the GM can use to absolutely ruin the character. Mm-hmm. And that was the the player's goal to have that character ruined and right. did. She was ruined. Yeah. Speaking of of character of goals, is that like I find that if I don't have that for character, it's harder to role play. So do you think having those motivations, obviously, you know, actors need it to, you know, Daenerys needs it. Do you find that having character goals helps ease the role play? I've never had a character goal. (laughs) I'm serious. I'm serious. Uh, Crows has no goal. Neil really had no goal besides, okay. You have a goal. Ichnil's goal was to eat the meat of every beast because there was a webcomic I read, uh, Scotty, where her goal was, it it was her tribe's religion. You eat the meat of every beast and you gain that power. And once you've done that, once you've crossed off your list, then your god comes down and grants you divine power because you have completed this quest. Like, oh, Ichnil's going to do that. And then we got nowhere near it. And that's how he changed. But I digress. But Crows has no goal. My Shadowrun characters never had a goal. It was just get paid, go party. I guess, okay, I'll take it back because Art does have a goal, but it's also kind of contractually obligated as part of the vampire campaign. Mm-hmm. And Philip didn't, he, he gained a goal, but mm-hmm. mostly he was just existing because he was forced to by the department and then trying to find a way to get away. Jeff, do you find having a character goal helps to uh, helps your role play? 
So with my characters, usually it's not a specific end goal that they're looking for, but more of kind of a motivating factor. So like with JB, he's trying to bridge the gap between humans and machines. He's trying to, you know, get he's trying to get machines recognized as living things kind of thing. Mm -hmm. With uh, Meritor, he's trying to kill a god. So it's it's I mean, I guess that is a specific goal, but it's more like it's so long term at the end of it that what his next step and even his next five steps are are kind of ill defined. So that allows him to kind of do whatever the team needs him to do. Mm -hmm. But eventually his decisions are going to be motivated by like, oh, okay, so this does this. Would this push me towards killing, getting more, more power and killing this god or is it going to not? You know, that type of thing. So it's more motivation than actual end goal, I guess, would be the way to describe it. I'm looking at the time and I've kept you guys way longer than I intended because you guys are great at this. You have a lot of information on it. Do you have any final thoughts as far as uh, role playing advice, anything at all to, to let people know? Be courageous. Do the thing. I think that the worst thing that you can do is is shut yourself down. Never do that. You know, find find the place where you're comfortable. Start there, and then start stepping into discomfort. And you're going to find that it's still pretty comfortable. And then once you've hit that that ragged edge of what you can take, look behind you and see everything that you've got that you can do, and enjoy it. Uh, this may not be for beginner RP people, but uh, somebody that's relatively new to it, like they've done it quite you know a few times, and they've they've gotten more comfortable with RPing. Start reading RPG horror stories, uh, because don't be those people. <laughs> like that is the biggest sub. thing. I straight had to leave that sub. Oh no, there's some horrible stuff. But it, mm -hmm. read some of them and just figure out the common theme that makes them bad. I, the key is they're selfish. And another thing would be be if if you're having a like if you're taking up too much time, I guess if you're if you're like the spotlight person and you seem to be in everything, try to step back, especially with like a larger table. Like if you have six to eight people, try to give everyone their moment to step in would be my two things. That is that is very good advice to be able to backseat yourself and to let others drive and not have to be in that scene. That is that is something not many people do or do well uh so both of you well great great advice thank you and thank you both for being here and i look forward to playing in more games with both of you and learning more from both of you so i can step up my role-playing game absolutely thanks for having me it's been a pleasure as always yeah thanks for having me and uh i reciprocate 100 percent with playing with you no thank you yeah i mean <laughs> You keep saying that you're an amateur RPG, and I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you're confusing me. So. <laughs> All right. Goodbye, guys. See ya. Goodbye. Goodbye.